You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Now just sit back and enjoy another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. It's been a while since we were on Swoops World with a, with a guest, and we're happy to be back and get ready to rock and roll again. And we're so excited to have as our first guest a good friend. Uh, I, I, he allows me to come on his show and, and, and share my thoughts. We're talking to Chet Martin from Freedom on Deck. Chet, welcome back to the show, man. Swoop, I am stoked to be here, man. You know, I'm, I'm your biggest fan. Going back to you and Xander Gibb, we kind of connected that way, and it's good to be here. Oh, man, it's, it's awesome. And, and, and you're right, because you know, we got to give props to Xander, because, uh, you know, uh, Xander kind of, he put his show together and, and allowed us both to come on and, and share our thoughts, and that's how you and I met, and it uh, turned into a great friendship. Yes, Absolutely. So let's uh, let's let our listeners go. I like to I like to start back at square one <laughs> with my guests and and uh, give them a chance to kind of bring our listeners in on who they are and what they're all about. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Chet. Where'd you grow up and, and how you got started in radio, man? Well, I grew up on Long Island. Uh, we, we went to a, a lot of different school districts, uh, mostly on the east end of Long Island. I actually went to a religious school for a while. And, uh, that experience wasn't great. Coming out of high school in East Hampton, you know, I, 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 I don't want to say I got into a lot of trouble, but I got into a lot of trouble. <laughs> it was like, uh, it's nothing out of control. You know, I, I, you know, as far as like the drinking and the, and the smoking, that's kind of the people I hung out with back then. And growing up on the east end of Long Island, you know why we did it? Because there's nothing to do out here, really. I mean, that's kind of what you did. Um, and I was really heavily influenced in the music scene. Uh, my my first band, which was Diverge, actually actually made Hit Parader magazine. Uh, I was 15 when we made that publication. Wow, uh, that was that was a really cool thing, and that kind of just stopped once i i really yeah i hate to say it man once i got some steady girl it was like <laughs> that's all i was thinking about <laughs> so that's kind of what happened with that so, and and i mean back then if you had seen me i was a liberal i mean i was i i thought that i knew what i was talking about until i actually woke up and started uh, uh seeing what the world was all about in my 30s, uh, you know, I I had my two little guys in my 30s. My first son I had 
I was right out of high school when I had my first son. So I had to start working full time. When you start working full time, it sounds nice to be a liberal, but then you start realizing that you actually have to work for a living and pay for your things and pay for your children. My frustrations about that and about the way things were on Eastern Long Island, how hard it was for the local community, how hard it was to get a start out here. And still as hard for me right now is looking uh, into New Hampshire. I'm going to be buying a home and, and getting the hell out of Long Island. But and, and it started to come together uh, very politically for me. Uh-huh. Uh, I started calling a, a gentleman by the name of Lee Elsie. He has a morning show on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. I know you, you know the station I'm talking about. because it's, it's the station <laughs> I'm on. And I would, I, I would call into Lee. Lee's a conservative. And there are a couple guys uh, on the liberal side that I would get in these big arguments with. And really, off the first couple weeks that I called in, you know, Lee said, hey, man, call me at the studio. So I gave him a call. If you want me to cut off, <laughs> Keith, just let me know. I know this is long. No, no, you're, you're good. Let's go. <laughs> so I gave, him a, I gave him a call. He said, listen, um, we're doing we're doing something up here and it's going to be called the king of the callers. So I've been calling into Lee probably for about three months, maybe. Mm-hmm. He said, I want you to come. And I'm like, dude, you have a million different people that call you, man. You sure? He's like, absolutely. He said, they, the people love you. You've got to come down here. And, he, and so the competition that was the king of the callers, I was involved with. I made it to the final five. And in my bias, they were being biased against me because I'm from Long Island and they're in Connecticut. <laughs> so they voted my ass off. But it, yo, they, they had this, yo, they had, I had my homeboys from Long Island calling like 30 times a day to vote for me. That's how they did it. Right. And, and this guy, Dan McSparren, and he said, it went down to the wire. And I remember we were talking back and forth. He's like, dude, I thought you were going to beat me, man. He said, yeah, that was pretty impressive. Um, and so... Uh, what happened when we got there is we had uh, I had started a podcast. So the day before we went out there and I was just going to go because, you know, wave and say hello to people because I was one of the guys that made it. And we said, I want you guys to do a spot in the beginning just for the audience that's here. We'll record it uh, later on. We'll we'll play it on the, the radio the following week. So I told the guys at the time, it was me, uh, my buddy Brian, who's still on the show, Brian Bro, and my buddy Justin Dickerson. Justin, and still is, uh, he's very liberal. Uh, so that was the kind of, that was the kind of podcast we had. And, what, and as what, we, what year are we talking about here? 2015. Okay. So as that, you know, as that developed and we all developed our own voice eventually, uh, I said, man, I, I, I want this to sound good. We're doing this with a uh, with a podcast microphone. I said, let's do better than this. So I got a mixer and uh, I started booking guests and then we were doing segments and I was sending it to Lee. You know, we would we would we would send it to Lee. We would send it to people that uh, we thought maybe would want, want to come on the show, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was all. And Lee came on the show. 
And then in two weeks, another time, you know, about two weeks after really meeting him up there and knowing who he was, he said, listen, give me a ring again. So I called him again. He said, we want to put you guys on the air. And I'm like, all right. I thought he was talking about like, you know, us coming on his show. Right. I said, yeah, that's fine. Whatever you want to do. He's like, no, on a weekly basis. And I'm like, to come on your show. And he's like, no, no, I, I want you to, your freedom on deck. I want to put it on. And I'm like, oh, wow, really? And he's like, yeah, you guys do a great job, man. I haven't heard anything like that in a long time. He's like, just from a, a podcast, they have the kind of sound quality and the guests that you're booking. I mean, the first couple guests I booked, one of them was Juanita Broderick. And if anybody out there listening doesn't know who that is, <laughs> uh, she's, she's one of the women that accused Bill Clinton of rape. So get, and getting her on kind of exposed me more to everybody else. And um, after that, you know, it just, it, it turned into something else. We went from Sundays, one hour on Sunday, and then it went to two hours on Sunday, three hours on, on Sunday. And then they moved us to Saturday, which was great because you don't want Sunday at, at, at three. It's not a good look. Uh, but now it's Saturday, one thirty to three. We get great guests every week, and and that's uh. But that's all how it started. It started, and the point is, uh, for me, uh, uh, to, the reason I tell it like that, you can do anything you put your mind to. If right. you, if if you really believe in yourself and what you're saying, then go out and prove it. And if you can do that, people will take people. It will get results. It will get results. When you guys first uh, realized that you're going to be uh, live on, on the air uh, on 94.9, uh, what, what's the call sign there? I know it's uh, I know it's news. Uh, uh, it's a WJJ. Yeah. yeah. What uh, did you, you? You'd already been doing the podcast and stuff like that, but now you're you're exposing yourself to a different audience, a, a terrestrial right. radio audience. Uh, yeah. How, <clears throat> how did you guys? Uh, how did you guys feel about that? And were you? Were, did you feel you were ready to go ahead and knock that out? Yeah, I felt I was. And um, like I said, my my experience growing up uh, being in a lot of bands and and being in front of people, I think, gave me an advantage. And, and I also think being an uh, everyday caller to Lee Elsie in the morning did, too. Yeah. Uh, and it was pre-recorded. So if anybody dropped an F-bump, which I didn't like them doing, but if they did, I could take it out. And mostly my guys around the table, I'd say, Hey guys, uh, for me to edit this every week, please stop with the F and stop with the S and, and all that stuff. And dude, I used to get some weird uh, guests too, man. The weirdest one I ever had, his name was Big Horny. He was this dude living in Alaska off the land. He had become like this hot YouTube sensation. Mm-hmm. Bro, I had to I had to go through that interview for about an hour and trim out all the nasty, dirty stuff he said. <laughs> and the name itself, man, Big Horny, like really. And, but I, I was very like, you know, you know, the thing is, I always believed if if it's an interesting person, an interesting uh, character, or somebody that sounds good and and you work well with then you keep bringing them back on. That's why I bring you on because me and you have a good conversation and I, I enjoy doing it. And it, tr- 
when you when you have that kind of uh, faith in someone else, it's always going to sound good. Uh, and, and I appreciate that. And I enjoy it. You're listening to Swoops World uh, on uh, Talk Story Radio Network. And we're here with Chet Martin from 94.9. And we're happy to have him today. And, and this is our it's our first time back in, in quite a while. And we're talking about you know, his beginnings in, with his podcast and how he, how he ended up in 94.9. Chet, you have a you have a, a group, with, like you said, you're, you're with Brian and now you're with CV. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I understand you and Brian have known each other for quite some time, friends from high school and whatnot. My, yeah, my best friend. <laughs> and then uh, how, how, how did CV come in, come into the picture? <laughs> well, CV's a character. <laughs> you know, so like CV, CV was on with a woman by the name of Andrea K. Oh, we know now, Andrea. You know Andrea, right? Yeah, yes. Now, I was going on with Xander. This all this all ties into Xander too. So Xander would be going on with Andrea. And by that time I and Xander were going on each other's shows. I kind of, you know, was talking to Andrea. And all of a sudden this caller and she said it's from Long Island, C V Burton. And he went on and she liked him so much he kept him on like half the show. So I said, man, I gotta talk to this guy because he sounds very interesting. He's from Long Island. He's a big Trump supporter. And he sounded natural on the air, which is something that kind of I, I can hear it. You know, I know when somebody's got the chops for this, even though I'm not put, and I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. I'm saying because all I do is listen to talk radio swoop. Yeah. All I do is talk radio or podcast. That's what I love. And I was able to kind of talk to him. He came on the show. Uh, me and Brian were having big problems with Justin. Justin had gotten to the point where me and him almost had a fist fight. He called me a racist and he did some really nasties. And we're okay now. But back then, it wasn't good. I, and I brought CV in and he just he fit in, man. He just fit in. It, it was really good. That's good. That's good. You know, so after Justin left, I'm like, hey, CV you know, come on, do a couple guest spots and then week after week. And finally I said, why don't you just come on the show? So that was, that was the way that worked out. And he does all our stuff, you know, our website, our videos, our, uh, a, a lot of our stuff, the band, I do some of the banners and I do some of the promoting, but CV does all that. And he's really great at it too. Yeah. It, it's an advantage for sure. It's, it's, it's great when you, when you get, when you get a team of people and they gel uh, you know they don't all have to agree all the time, but they gel and they and they're able right. to they're able to put out a, a quality product week after week after week, and that's what you need, and that's what and then that's what happens when you when you when you pick the right people, and you guys know each other, and you know you you Zig when he's Zags, and everybody knows what's going on, uh, and, and you and you love that, and, and you know you can hear it in certain shows, you can hear you can hear, you know it's so interesting, like you'll there whether it's a TV show, a movie, of a, a, a sports team, or a radio show, and you'll hear that these people didn't actually get along off the air or away from the field or whatever but when yeah. they were when they were on the field to play or at work doing their job they yeah. they hit the mark they did they did what they need to do and put out a quality product and that's uh, that's what that's what anybody especially tuning in wants to hear and it's and and you know the truth is man being on this show and I, I thought about it it's not much different than being in the bands when I was in high school because you're relying on two other people you're doing the show each week. You have to be ready for it. 
So it really does kind of, uh, I think I had an advantage with that too. I'll say that working with people isn't always easy, but thank God the two guys that I work with are genuinely my friends. So that's a very good thing to have. And it worked. Exactly. And it worked. That's good. And let's let's just touch a little bit on your on your bands and stuff. Do you still do music, or is that completely a thing of the past? Well, no. Well, I, I still play, but I'm not with any bands. I was named after a guitar player named Chet Atkins. Um, I know Chet Atkins. <laughs> yeah. So so I was named after him, and my father was really big into going what would be the uh, Chet Atkins Appreciation Society. Uh, it, it has nothing to do with George Soros. <laughs> no, we go out there, we go out there in Tennessee. And when I was eight, man, I was, you know, taking pictures with Les Paul, uh, Chet Atkins, B.B. King, Jerry Reed, Tommy Emmanuel, Marcel Dottie. I mean, these people, some people might be saying, who's that? Trust me. Uh, these are people that sold a lot of albums. These are some of the most technically gifted guitar players that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, even though what I was into was rock and roll and, and punk rock. But that's where it came from. Music was always around me. And um, I think I just kind of uh, fell in love with that. And I, I think that's kind of true for what I do with the show, too. I love when our show sounds great. And I love when it all works out and the three guests kill it and we kill it and the music and the bumpers. I love when it comes out like that and it does wonders. It really does remind me of what it's like to try to put this together with uh, musicians. So that so that part of me. I came out of my mom and I had a guitar in my hand. <laughs> it's true. You know, that, that's how it was. That's awesome. Let's, uh, let's, 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 let's touch a few things here. Cause uh, you know, I, I know you guys discuss politics on, on, on a regular basis. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and you definitely come into it with it, with it with, from a conservative point of view. Oh yeah. Let, let's, let's step back a little bit. You know, when we're talking about the parties these days, okay. Yeah. Um, what, what, what was traditionally a liberal when I was growing up is, uh, I don't think, I don't think they'd, they'd allow them in the part in the democratic party anymore. No, you know, they like wouldn't. They're, they've, they've gone so far left. And some people say the same thing about the Republican party that it's swung so far right. Um, you know, as, as a, as a person who's got their pulse on, on, on the, on the uh, political, has their finger on the political pulse. What have you seen over the last, I don't know, let's go five, 10 years uh, regarding each party, good and bad. What, what have you, what have you seen? Let's start with, let's start with the left. Uh, what, what did you see that that's changed for the good, if any, and what have you seen that's, that's, that's changed for the, for the worst? Well, well, I'd say, I don't think this ever changed, but they, they don't eat and attack each other the way the, the right does. Yeah. Right. So they, so they don't, they have that pretty well figured out. Um, you know, if they if they tell somebody you're going to fall on the sword, they do it behind the scenes. I, I believe they did that to Bernie Sanders when he was running against Hillary. And I think they probably did it to him again the second time around. Uh, so I think that's one thing that they have. Um, the other thing maybe that's good about them is they well, I don't know if this is a good thing. They kind of had the media under their thumb. 
And I think there's a reason for that. I think they get people, uh, you know, into these positions knowingly and push them through. Uh, you, you also, you'll see what happens where they have uh, social media was dominated for the longest time. And then when Twitter went the other direction and everybody got so upset about the buy and they were so upset about it, it kind of exposed the fact that they weren't upset because any on their side were getting their voices squashed. They were upset because they could no longer do it to us there. You know, it's that's what I think is bad about social media with it. It's interesting you mentioned that, and 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 I'll, I'll let you get back to your point. But when, when you know, a lot of times when we talk about the left, um, and, and 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 when you talk about you know free speech and and and, and the, the right to say what you want to say and whatnot, it, it seems to me that they only mean if you agree with them. If yes. you don't agree with them, it's either misinformation or it needs to be quashed. They, uh, right. you know, the, all the people who were screaming and hollering and complaining about Elon Musk taking over Twitter, they weren't saying that they they were afraid that he was going to shut them down. Right. They were afraid that he was going to allow people of all sides to to freely, freely speak their mind. And, Bingo. And that's that's what I find uh, a, a horrible way to to. Uh, to rule, to not let not let anybody have open discussion. You know, we when it comes to, you know, like when we talked about COVID, they were talking about follow the science. But when there were scientists and doctors that didn't go uh, walk the party line, they wanted them shut down. So they're uh, quacks. Yeah, and they're, yeah, and, and call them names, and, and like you said, call them quacks, and and, and said they're yeah. spread, spreading misinformation. And you know, science is supposed to be discussed. Science is supposed to be challenged. Uh, yeah. to, to we get to the point where we know what the facts are um, it's no I mean, longer science if you're not discussing <laughs> it it's no longer science exactly sorry to go ahead go ahead with your what's your thought there jet oh well uh, no i and, and those were all very valid points i think that it is a worry and i i think it does show that they're leaning towards uh the side of bringing in socialism and communism um, it's just a little uh, bastard cousin of, of communism is socialism. And they lie through their teeth, too. Oh, Bernie, are you a socialist? No, I'm a, I'm a Democrat socialist. <laughs> There's no, no, don't. You can't do that. And, and, and socialism, first of all, don't stick Democrat next to socialism. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, they, they, they really have controlled the message. And that's that's what they do so well. They've, they've been able to infiltrate our schools, our universities, our media, our social media in a way where I think the Republican, and I'm not a Republican, first of all, everybody listen, I am an independent. I don't like Republicans for the most part. I am not a Republican. Just because I support Donald Trump does not mean that. But the The thing that the Republicans dropped the ball on early on is social media. They couldn't keep up. I remember, and at the time, I had voted for him. Uh, It was during the election of 08, 09 to come on, and uh, David Letterman had brought Barack Obama on. And uh, I voted for Obama the first time. I didn't the second time because I realized he was just a total uh, failure and just... I don't know if you want to call it a fail. I think he knew what he was doing. But then they, you know, they were talking about social media and that was kind of the thing they were volume back and forth. 
And the next week he had McCain on. And he's like, well, we had Obama on. We we're talking about the, the advantage of using social media. Um, so if you want to give out your face and John McCain's like, what's Facebook? Uh. And then I was like, yo, this hat's not going to win. <laughs> Um, this, is, this is a joke. So you, you have a point there. I, I, I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times the the, the right uh, is like to like to the game on 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 what's happening. Um, how do you call it? Um, pop. And you, you know, and you got to say, Swoop, Donald Trump did. Donald Trump was great with social media. Well, he, com- he comes from he comes from the media. I mean, he's he's, yeah. been, he's been a showman, you know, for years. He has TV shows and. And, you know, he owned sports teams, uh, you know, he, he's been in the limelight for a number of years. And I think I think the right has all seems to consistently drop the ball when it comes to uh, social media. You see guys, you see guys starting to do things now that are on the right. Uh, some guys put stuff up every just daily. I know Crenshaw seems to put, put a lot of stuff up. And uh, but I think that I think the right drops the ball on that a lot. I think the, drop, the right spends a lot of time. Um, not controlling their message, you know that that's that's a big issue with them. They don't control their it own is. message. It uh, is, and, and and the early on is what created that because when you're playing catch up, like you know, the conservatives now, the young thirty year old, forty year old conservatives, we're we're up to date on all that because most of us come from the other side. I do. Well, I think <laughs> I think Xander did. Most, right. I mean, yeah. Think about all the people you talk to that are conservatives and go on these shows with most of them at one time were Democrats. I was. I think most young people are are, 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 are very liberal. I mean, that's the way you kind of come up, especially, especially yep. within the, within the school systems with the teachers yep. and, and whatnot. Even if you come from a conservative family, your your, your peers uh, out there. Day to day, that you go to school with, play ball with, go to college with, are, are going to be uh, leaning liberal. So I think most young people are liberal. I think what things change, uh, you know, what, what circumstances change. Like you say, when you become, when you become a parent and, and you have to, uh, you know, protect your kids and, and work day to day. A lot of times, people see a different light, and, you, and you, especially when, you know, a lot of times within, you know, we, we've 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 spoken about this before. You know, we talk about like this agenda the woke agenda okay so people who go to work every day work hard and want to be rewarded for their for their work they whether if they're say they're staunchly liberal when they start finding out that they don't get rewarded for the hard work they put in because they don't they're not the right gender they don't identify as something uh or, or they're not the right race then they figure out why why did I put all this hard work in and and why right. and, and why are people stepping over me who have who have not put in the work I've put in and that seems seems to turn them away from the 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 left and, and it happens inside you know inside the black community inside the Hispanic community uh, if they even go off course just a little all of a sudden they start getting all these barbs thrown at them they're called this that and the other. And I think that that's actually turning out to be a good thing for them and for the right hand, uh, right side of the aisle. If they can control the message because they don't, even the last go around, the uh, the Republicans did a horrible job trying to get the black community out and vote for them. They didn't do it. And, and these are the things that. I'm not, listen, if there's a district that you know you're not going to win, 
fine. I get that. But when you do it to every district, you know, you're not going to win. It doesn't look good. Well, I think what I think, there's two things there. I think the, uh, the, the Republicans got more black votes than they ever had in the past. I that think, I, I think that um, many a times you will see anyway. Um, I think what, what you have is uh, many times what you'll see is there are Republicans who will go to, to locations to speak, to try to, to uh, bring people on where they're just not wanted. And it turns out to be uh, a, a, bad, yeah. a bad experience. I think right. uh, with, with a lot of times uh, on both sides of the aisle, you know, you need, you need people on the ground to kind of oh. ga- gauge the temperature and tell you, this is a good place to be. It's going to be a good, I, I don't believe in photo ops, but it's going to be a good look for you uh, and, right. and, a, and a good, a good place to get the messaging across where you're not going to get shouted down and not going to get, uh, not be able to get your point across and, and things like that. You see this a lot on, on college campuses with speakers, uh, oh, whether Jordan Peterson or the uh, Ben Shapiro's or, or go to these campuses and, and, and get shouted down and, and, and threatened and not be able to get their, get their point across and not even share it. They're not even trying to persuade, necessarily persuade people to think differently. They want to share an, uh, a, a vision uh, of the world that's different than the, the, the people that are there necessarily. Just the extreme radical leftist of the American campus, the Berkeley liberals. It's so far removed from anything that I grew up with. So when it's somebody that comes from a liberal home, a liberal background that just wants to get along and work hard and do the right thing, that becomes that's no longer the message of the left. They don't want you to do the right thing. They want you to do the wrong thing. And they want you to hate everyone unless they think exactly like you. It doesn't matter. If you are a black, Hispanic, gay, if you are a uh, tall person, short person, blue person, well, you better follow everything they say to the T and don't you step off. And I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say it. Don't step off the plantation. Because that is exactly what they say. And, and, you know, let me just say this for anybody out there uh, who's a minority that votes Democrat. Think of all the racist things that they do that they don't get called out for. If you don't vote for me, you're not black. Uh, what about when Hillary goes to a black church and starts speaking like she's from the South and has no education? See, people don't people don't listen enough. They constantly treat the minority community like they're a possession. Well, what you have, what you have, and 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 this is this is my this is my issue. I think the majority of people in the U.S. Um, land somewhere in the middle, and and really yes. can can get can given the opportunity can get along. And maybe not agree on everything, but can be cordial and civil about it. <laughs> when you have the extremes on both sides of the party, <laughs> those are the ones that get all the press. And you're yeah. right. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're right. You have these people that will say things like that. And the what the what the problem is is the our local our social our our mainstream media gives people a pass on that. You can say things like that. You can say you could say things that are inherently racist. But if it's said yeah. from the, if it's said from the left point of view, it's it's not it's not seen that way. And I think that a lot of people in in the U.S. are waking up to it. I'm seeing I'm, I'm hearing a lot from different people that I never heard from uh, in the past 
starting to starting to espouse uh, a difference between their their political parties, but both sides right now. And I think uh, because the, the, the most Americans want you know the country to be safe, they want the country to pos- prosper, and they want the all of us to get along and not be divided on racial lines. And we've gotten to the point now. What's I think what happens? Uh, there's a certain portion of, of, of a certain segment of these parties that thrive on keeping uh, ra- racial strife afloat because that's how they make their money and that's how they win their races. And I think the mo- the sooner the, the American public sees this, the better off we'll be. Chad, I'm sorry, we're, we're running short of time, man. Thank I, you, I, I, I want to thank you for being on the show. Let everybody know where they can where they can find you, where they can listen to you. I know they can listen to you weekly. Give all the details and, and let our listeners know. If you guys are out in the East Coast, if you're in Connecticut, Long Island, Rhode Island, can just put us right on FM dial 94.9 news now and stimulating talk Fox news radio. And then of course you can go to freedomondeck.com and find everything there. You know, we're on rumble. We're on Patreon. We're not on YouTube. They took us off. Uh, we're on all the major and you can follow. Actually, if anybody out there is listening, go and follow us on Spotify. That's a really easy way to get the show. And, and we're on once a week, one 30 to 3 PM Eastern time out here on the East coast. And, uh, you know, we're stomping on all the liberals' feelings each and every Saturday. <laughs> Thanks, Chet. And uh, we want to thank you for, for, for joining us. And God bless. Uh, you listen to Swoops Road on the Talk Show Radio Network. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 